This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. And Rodgers is going to begin to take off and then fire and it's caught. Touchdown, James Jones. I'm not a big gambler. I only play the slots because you know what they say. Scared money, don't make money. And I got scared money. Rodgers to the end zone. Caught for the touchdown, James Jones. John Gruden has not coached since 2008. So what makes you believe that he is the guy to take this franchise to the next level? You know, and it's just Cali Swag. I want better etiquette, but more than anything, I want better execution. Are we clear on that? I want better execution. I want you to get a little bit pissed off. All right, not a lot of people expect very much from us. Do they? Do they? You've been reading about us? Not a lot of people expect enough from us. I'm tired, man. I'm tired of reading about it. It's time for you to stick your foot up somebody's ass, man. I'm looking for a relentless, every situation screen. I want everybody to pick it up tonight because we're capable of being a great football team. Ladies and gentlemen, that was John Gruden keeping it 300. Uh, That's how episode two of Hard Knocks opened up. So I thought that we would open up that way as well. So yes, this is Keeping It 300. I'm Fallon. James is actually at his home in Arizona on a laptop. Yep. What's crackalacka? So JJ, when the episode first started, I was doing dishes, You mean putting the dishes in the dishwasher? Actually, I'm a psychopath. We don't have to go there. But I actually clean the dishes first Mm. and then put them in the dishwasher so they are extra sanitized. That's something I got to see with my own eyes. But yeah, anyways. Anyways, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, The point that I was trying to make was uh, when I was doing the dishes um, and that part came on, I want better effort yeah. execution. I mean, that came out of nowhere because first he started off all calm and then he went boom, just into it. I was like, oh, crap. And I dropped my plate. <laughs> I dropped it into the sink. And that got my attention. I thought it was classic John Gruden. And in this yeah. episode, we totally saw more of John Gruden, which I thought was great because I said in the last podcast that we needed to see more than uh, more of John Gruden because it's always gold when he's on camera. So what did you think about that scene? Did it grab your attention? Did you like it? Well, it grabbed my attention not only because it was John Gruden yelling and talking, but it grabbed my attention because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And as an NFL player, like I tell people all the time, the number one thing we fight for first and foremost as individuals and then as a team Mm -hmm. is respect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Beyond the hundred million you make, beyond the 10 million you make, beyond the 400,000 you make, what you fight for as a player and and a team is respect. So the cop that caught me is, is I'm tired of reading about everybody saying we ain't going to be nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because as, a, as an athlete, that touches you. Like, what you mean? I'm getting paid just like these dudes. We got an opportunity to go win this thing just like everybody else. So that right there, when he said that, stood up like, okay, it's time to go to work. These motherfuckers keep grinding about <laughs> it saying we'll be coming in last. All right, watch this right here. You know what I mean? And it's motivation. What I like is that you just censored yourself. So I don't need to go back and like bleep it out because no. that's what I'm going to do with John Gruden. But I see hey, you I'm out there. I'm a professional. I'm a professional, man. <laughs> I see you out there, Jay. <laughs> professional. Well, last night, as you saw, Gruden got better execution from his guys. Yes. The Raiders completely destroyed the Arizona Cardinals in preseason game number two. Now, of course, before everyone gets excited and before me and you get excited, it's preseason. Yeah. Nothing matters until September 9th. However... There were several great takeaways from the Raiders game. Um, And we're going to start, James, with the Raiders offense. Yeah. So 
They opened the game up with a six-play, 75-yard scoring drive. It was capped off with a 13-yard touchdown from Carr to your boy, Ryan Grant. Mm -hmm. And how did it begin, James? Three straight runs. Run, 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 pass. Exactly. Uh, And we know Gruden wants to get back to the old-school Raider way, running the football, pounding the football, bruiser ball, which, of course, will open things up for the passing game, which will result in big plays down the field. And with the weapons that Carr now has at his disposal, this offense can and I think will be lethal. Yeah. What was your biggest takeaway from that first drive, James? I know everybody wants to, you know, all eyes on the running back, Josh Jacobs. But all my eyes were on the five big boys up front. Mm, They were moving people out of the way. No Gabe Jackson in there, and they were moving people out of the way. That defensive line was going backwards. Like, Josh Jacobs wasn't getting touched until he was three yards down the field. Did he make some good runs? Absolutely. But that O-line was moving people backwards. If they could continue to do that, continue to play physical football like that, if teams got to come in there and try to stop the young rookie running back, obviously you got A.B., Tyrell Williams, Ryan Grant on the outside, Hunter Renfro out there making plays. But that offensive line, if it could continue to dominate like that, like you could tell that that right there was a mindset. Mm-hmm. That's not that, – that wasn't a, all right, fellas, this is the first 15 plays. That was – of all week, all year, all since OTAs, we've been talking about what type of football team we're going to be. Starts in the trenches. It's the first time they're going to see the number one offense. Mm-hmm. Let's show them what kind of football we're going to give them this year. And them old line move them boys out of the way. Well, we do have to talk about Josh Jacobs, though, because I did like what I saw from Josh Jacobs. It appears he's going to be as good as advertised, you know, um, and especially, as you mentioned, with the stout offensive line, that obviously helps. Now, on his first three runs... He gained 20 yards. He was pissed because he thought he could have got more yards, and he should have got more yards. Uh, But I thought he did a solid job those first three plays. Um, Gruden, he said after the game that Jacobs was asking for more reps. Like, he wanted to go back in there. But he shut the ones down, as you know, uh, because that's all he needed to see. Now, Josh Jacobs obviously is going to be the bell cow for the Raiders. Um, It's been a long time, James, since they've had a feature back. Um, in years past, it's really been running back by committee, at least in recent years. Um, and we could talk about 2016, right? It worked in 2016. Latavius Murray, uh, Jalen Rashard, DeAndre Washington. Um, of course, Jalen this year is still expected to get some carries um, and also be used in the passing game. But to have a feature back, James, mm-hmm. I want to ask you this. Someone to carry most of the load. How does that help your football team as opposed to, you know, running back by committee as it has been in recent years? Well, it helps your football team because defensive coordinators have to stop that one guy, that future back. When you got running back by committee, then they come in there and they say, all right, man, he going to get five carries. He going to get 10. He going to get the other 10. You know what I mean? And we don't really got to. Game plan for no running back. So, look, let's game plan for Carr. Let's take him away. Let's take A.B. Let's take some of these weapons away. But when you have a future back and if he can run the ball like he was running right there, now these guys got to come in. The D coordinator's got to say, all right, Josh Jacobs is going to get 30 carries. Okay? And we got to be able to tackle this kid because if he gets out of some of these tackles and we don't stop the run, it's going to be a long day for us. And then that takes some of the pressure off of Derek, off of A.B., off of Tyrell Williams. So that's what a future back does for you. It's kind of like Zeke in Dallas. If he doesn't get to Dallas, it's a problem. The reason why Dak has been so successful because defensive coordinators fresh off the bus say 21 is the guy we're stopping, not four, not number 19. 21 is the guy we're stopping, and it makes it easier on everybody. So if they get off the bus saying, hey, we got to stop Josh Jacobs, it's going to be problems for him because A.B. and them can definitely win on the outside. Dang, and as you know, I drafted Zeke, so I'm hoping that they get this contract situated. Yeah, he'll he'll be be back by week six, help you out. You said week six? Mm Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. If they do not sign Zeke, I'm going to say that Jerry Jones is a terrible GM slash owner because he is the straw that stirs that drink. You know what I mean? He does. And I believe Zeke stirs the drink, too. But we all know money makes this world go around. Well, that's my point is that he knows knows exactly, though, who's going to help this football team win. And that's going to be Zeke Elliott. Dak? 
He's not going to have success without Zeke. Oh. And now you got to understand, too, and I know we're going off topic, but now you got to understand that fresh off the bus, they're stopping Coop. Oh, yeah. So all that one-on-one coverage Coop been getting, everybody say he been lighting the league up because he's getting this one-on-one coverage. It's because of 21 back there. No 21. Welcome to this double team, Amari. Well, uh, Dak better you know, wake up because a $40 million a year contract ain't happening, bro. You need to make sure that you got Zeke there uh, week one. But anyways, let's move on. Let's talk about the Raiders because everybody who's a Raiders fan obviously hates the Cowboys. But anyways, I think also with Josh Jacobs being the feature back, then you do sprinkle in a little Jalen Richard in there. You know what I mean? Just think about the weapons that this Raiders offense has. I mean, how much does that excite you? Because they have so much depth when it comes to their skill positions. They do. They got a lot of depth across the board, man. But, I mean, I just love it because it, it gives the offensive coordinator an opportunity to do different things. You know what I mean? When Rashard comes in the game, he can run it, and you can line him up out there at wide receiver. You can get in different formations with him. Sometimes you can even have Jalen Rashard in the game, and you can have Josh Jacobs in the game. You know? And then you have A.B. and Tyrell Williams. Like, you could just get when you have a bunch of talent – all down your roster, you can get in different formations like that to make it hard on defenses, to make defenses lose sleep at night trying to game plan for you because it's not just like, okay, shoot, they're not just in three wide receivers. Sometimes they go two tight ends, two wide receivers, run running back. Sometimes they go two running back, two wides, one tight end. Like it's a lot of stuff you have to game plan, and these dudes can do a lot of things. I mean, Rashard could catch the ball out the backfield, and he could run it in between the tackles. So yep. I, I just haven't depth down the roster allows you to do things like that. Let's talk about Derek Carr real quick. Uh, He finished the day, you know, two for two. So he completed two of his passes, both of his passes, for 40 yards. And, of course, that touchdown by your boy Ryan Grant. Very small sample size. But did you see anything from Carr that stood out to you? Same thing I've been saying all all season long. Getting the ball out quick. If anybody (laughs) watched the game, man, he looked like he was back there, had a cup of coffee. Uh, you know, a little banana nut bread muffin. <laughs> and he was like, man, this offense is easy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's the way he looked out there. I mean, he dropped back. He didn't look. He looked the safety off. Boom, threw it to Tyrell Williams. Was it a big boy catch? Absolutely. But, hey, when you get big time weapons, you give them an opportunity to make mm-hmm. a play on the ball. And then he comes back immediately, drops back, boom. They all sink back, ball out his hands to Ryan Grant. It's no, it's no more thinking, man. And I just, I just, I'm like, he looks very comfortable out there. He looks like he has control of the offense. And if he does that, like I say, with his arm talent, the way he could throw the ball, sprinkle in that running game, be dominant. It'll be interesting to see if he does play in preseason number three. John Gruden has not committed yet to say if he is going to play as starters, but obviously usually preseason number three is the game that you play um, all of your ones. I think the only way Derek Carr should go out there is if 84 goes out there. If 84 84 doesn't go out there, I mean, you've been practicing with these guys all, all year long. And you went out there and you showed me what you could do with these guys out there, especially with the running game. Mm-mm. I'll put Josh Jacobs back out there with the starting yeah. offensive lineman. Let's run it a little bit, but we don't need to see D.C. Yeah, I agree. You don't want to risk any type of injury to, to D.C. Yeah. Um, really quick, not crazy important to talk about backup quarterbacks, but you know they are important because they are just an injury away from starting. Yeah. Knock on wood. Knock on there wood. is no conversation. Okay, but here's there is why. No, no, there is because here's why I want to say. This is what I want to say. <laughs> Yesterday, all right, Mike Glennon went out there, solid night, right? Finished what I think it was 11 of 14, uh, 175 yards, two touchdowns, mm-hmm. and he had zero picks. Game before, he threw two picks. John Gruden obviously wasn't happy. We saw that on Hard Knocks, which was pretty funny. But after the game, when he was asked if Mike Glennon was the clear cut backup quarterback he still would not commit uh to glennon being the full-fledged backup because he has this weird crush on nathan peterman yeah. what is up with that james jones ain't nothing up with it like i said there ain't no discussion i mean yeah you're root yeah you're root for a kid he probably helps nathan peterman to go out in his last his next preseason game throw five touchdowns but he knows who his guy is listen you don't want to let nobody relax i'm not coming in there neither saying mike glennon is the starting guy 
You know what I'm saying? No, ain't no relaxing over here. You still need to sit on the edge of your chair up in here and still go out there and compete in all these preseason games. But to me, the quarterback race is not even close. Glennon makes him Glennon makes him better if something was ever possible to happen to DC. Yeah. You know. Raider Nation learned the hard way in 2016. You need a solid backup quarterback. Yeah. Just someone who's not mm-hmm. not necessarily someone who's going to win you games because if that was the case you'd probably, you know, use them as trade bait, but someone who is not going to lose you games. 100%. Is who would you you want as a backup quarterback? So, all right, we're going to move right along. Um so after the first drive, um I tweeted, you know, you can't ask for a better first drive than that. Then I thought to myself, dang, A.B. wasn't even out there. You know, their biggest weapon wasn't even out there. So I know Raider Nation can't wait to see what it looks like when he is out on the field, and he will be out there for week one. Since our last podcast, James, he has rejoined the Raiders. Mm -hmm. He traveled to Arizona, took part in pregame warm-ups, catching passes from Derek Carr. He was looking pretty darn good, and he looked Mm -hmm. very close to being ready. Now, after the game, Gruden was asked by my boy, Scott Bear, if he was encouraged seeing A.B. out there for pregame. So let's take a listen to what he had to say. Well, yeah, that was encouraging. It was great to have him back. Um, you know, it's been a strange, strange couple weeks with uh, frostbite and uh, the helmet grievance. Can't say that that's, that's common, at least in my history in this league, but... Uh, we've weathered the storm. It's great to see him out there with his teammates. He appears to be in great spirits, and he, he appears like he's ready to get going here. So that's Antonio Brown. We're excited about him. I'm excited about him. I could care less what anybody else says. I'm excited. So Gruden also thinks the whole frostbite helmet issue was a little wacky. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it grabbed national headlines because this was really a first for many people. But nonetheless, Gruden pumped up to get A.B. back. Uh, He said he thinks that he's going to return to practice before the Raiders break camp on Monday. Now, James, his return was never a question in your mind, right? No, no, no. You're not going to give up $30 million for no helmet. He loves – you just got to go off of A.B. track record. Don't nobody in the world train like him. So you know he cares about playing football. You know what I mean? It's not just training in the – off season is how he grinds during the season. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? That's why every time Gruden got up there, he says when he's on the practice field, everybody's level goes up. Elevates like this everyone. kid, yeah. This, this kid loves to play football, man. So you know you're not finna just stop playing football and give up forty million dollars for for no helmet. Yeah. So it, it never was a question of me. I always knew it was coming back. Now I know a receiver's run and body type and body language when they're ready to go. And I know a receiver's run and body language when something is still hurting. He look ready to go? What's up? He needs a little more time. Oh, he does? Why do you say that? Because you can tell, like, a lot of his steps is counted. Uh, You know what I mean? A lot of it is not fluid. You can can tell when I was watching him in pregame, you can tell he's still trying to see how his feet feel on certain cuts and things like that so if it was up to me i would give him a whole nother week off let him rest his feet let him get him get him healed up you know all the treatment he needs let him come out there and warm-ups again week three and is it in oakland or no no it's uh winnipeg oh it's in canada against the packers, packers yeah. yeah so i'll let him go in pregame again against the pack you know see how he looks and all that type stuff see tells how he feels even after after the game, you know what I mean? How your feet recovering yeah. after the game, and then we'll go into that next week to see how the practice schedule going to go. Because there is no need to rush him back right now. You know what I mean? A good, solid week of preparation, full speed with Derek Carr. Well, really, he'll have two weeks because you get the last preseason game, full, solid week, and then you get that whole solid week going into week one. Yeah. So basically, you're saying week three, don't play A.B. or play Derek Carr. No, I would not. Okay. I think what was great, though, is that A.B. traveled. Oh, you know, yeah. he didn't have to travel with the team. And he traveled with the team, uh, put on pads, uh, as we talked about, you know, took part in pregame warm-ups. And just having him really on the sideline, I felt like showed the team and the coaches, you know, that he's committed to them. Yeah. Um, and it elevated everybody's spirit, even yeah. though that sounds really corny. Because 
Besides all the hoopla and the drama, I mean, you know him. That's your boy. He's a fun person to be around. Absolutely. And that's all they've been talking about since they signed him. Yeah. You know, that's why like this whole helmet thing and all that kind of like threw a wrench in it because that's all that's been coming out of there. You talk to Derek. Dude, this dude is a heck of a teammate. Gruden, this dude's a heck of a teammate. Mayock, this dude's a heck of a teammate. You know what I mean? So that's all they've been preaching out there, man. So that's all they showed him. That's all they've been showing. So. But don't talk to the Pittsburgh fans because they're going to say, he's a horrible teammate. He quit on his yeah, team. All the stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, I know. You know, people going to say what they want to say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, part of it. But obviously, if you're a Raider fan, he's on your team. You're going to, you know, root for him and not speak negatively about him. Um, and surprisingly, James, after the game, he spoke to reporters uh, in the locker room. So here's an audio clip that my guy Vic Tafer tweeted out. I mean, for me as an athlete, you know, you got to have tough skin. I mean, people can always talk and try to bring you down. I just think it's tough for the people that love me, you know, the people that know me and actually have to hear it when they know the type of person I'm in and, and what I stand for. So, you know, I hate when my mom called me and, like, my dad called me. Like, retirement, like, where you get that from? I'm like, I never said that, but that's the, that's the hardest part, you know, for, for me as an athlete, you got to have tough skin and not be able to pay attention to what people say because, you know, Everyone don't really hate me, maybe a small percentage of people, so I like to focus on the big picture, but, you know, you guys can calm it down, man. This is really distracting my family, so, so you guys help me out with all that stuff you guys put out there. I don't mind, but to my family, you know, they get really stressed out. Okay, so James, yeah. the last podcast, I actually had to add in a segment. I don't know if you even know this, um, but I had to add in a segment because the helmet issue came up. Um, So I kind of did a whole segment by myself because you had to go on air with the NFL Network. And I had mentioned, I said, look, I want to be on board with AB. I want to be his fan. But he kind of was making it hard for me to kind of be on his side. Um, And I know that he is your boy. But when he says, and as you heard in this clip, Mm -hmm. he's an athlete. He has to have a tough skin. He doesn't care what people think. I mean, that's complete BS because he stays arguing with people on social media and posting subliminal messages Mm -hmm. every day uh, and quotes every day. Uh, So I don't buy any of that. But I can understand what he says about how it affects his family because that's 100% true. And I understand that because, you know, if anything's negatively written about my husband, right, I go crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But is it also safe to say, though, that AB has brought a lot of this attention to himself, James. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. I think it's, you know, when you leave and you're not answering nobody's calls, it's like, hey, where the heck is bruh bruh at? Yeah. You know? know what I mean? Like, he ain't talking to nobody. He going AWOL. We don't know what's going on. We just want to be here for him. You know what I'm saying? But I'm always the guy that tells people, you never know what people are going through. True. So you can't sit there and say, this is how I would have handled the situation. You're not in the situation. So you don't know how to handle the situation because you're not in the situation. So none of us know what A.B. was really going through. Yeah, Yeah, he was going in there for the helmet, but it possibly could have been some other stuff. You know what I mean? And we really don't know. So when people just want to write stories and all that to get it out there and then your family's reading this stuff and all that. And then you're telling your family, this is not what's going down. This is what I'm doing and all that. Yeah, it could, get, it could get a little stressful, but I always go, when something happens like that, I'm like, look, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on in his life. It could be the helmet. He could be really stressed out about his feet. Mm-hmm. Somebody possibly could have told him, maybe you might not ever play again. Don't nobody know that. Facts, you yeah. know what I mean? But he could have been going through that, dealing with that. So we don't know, know what he's dealing with. But the only thing that I would have wanted him to do is just pick up and tell Coach Gruden or Mayog, look, this is what's going down. So are you saying, because they're trying to not tell the full story of, you know, when that Pittsburgh media member tweeted out that AB went AWOL, yeah. a lot of people were trying to refute those rumors. Um, and then yeah. that whole Adam Schefter report came out about the helmet issue, et cetera. Yeah. So do you know something that maybe we, we don't know? Did he not 
talk to Gruden? I don't. You're going based on what Ian Rappaport, your colleague, said. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I said it's hard for me to just look into what they tweeting and all that because you never know what's going on. You're yeah, just okay. out there tweeting, trying to get stuff out there, get you more likes and follows yeah. and all that, let me know I'm the guy, but you really don't know what's going on. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know if he didn't talk to him. I'm just going off of people saying that he went AWOL. And if that was the case, I would hope he would um, pick up the phone, call Mayock or Gruden like, this is what's going down. This is what I'm trying to do. That's it. Well, the retirement thing did seem a little odd, you know, when first reported, um, you know, is AB really going to give up $30 million over a helmet? And then I thought to myself, okay, look, Adam Schefter is not (laughs) wrong about things. Like, usually not wrong about things. He's the one that broke the story, you know? But then you ask yourself, you know, who leaked it? Someone in his camp maybe leaked it just so it can bring attention to the helmet issue, get more national media attention. And then, of course, after that does happen, if you're part of Brown's camp, you deny it. Yeah. Either way, you know, it was a circus. Either way, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. But would you have any advice for AB, you know, about maybe staying out of the headlines, unless it's good headlines about putting up all these big dang numbers, um, breaking records, et cetera? Or do you just say, hey, AB, be you. Continue to do you. 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah, you wish that, you know what I mean? He would like like Coach Mike used to always tell us in Green Bay. I want you guys to be you. I want you to show all your personality on the field, off the field. I want you guys to be yourself. Only one rule I have. Don't create questions for your teammates. Mm, That's great. You know? That's good advice, yeah. So that would be my only advice to AB. Be you. Go out there, have fun. I, I tell, tell the same thing about OBJ. You're young. Quit worrying about all these people. You ball on the football field. You ain't missing no meetings. You ain't doing. Go out there, be you. But do not do stuff out of character where it creates questions for Derek Carr to answer at the podium, Gruden to answer at the podium, Gabe Jackson to answer at the podium. That's when it starts kind of becoming a cancer of the team, and you're like, all right, I got to fall back. But other than that, be you, have fun, man. Do what you've been doing. Just don't create questions for your teammates. Yeah, I know. My poor boy, Will Kiss, who's the PR guy for the Raiders, he's probably had a very interesting season, and the season hasn't even began. <laughs> He's had a lot of work to do uh, speaking to the team about how to answer these A-B questions. But yeah, That's his job. Yeah, it that's is, his job. It is his job. But, day. this was this, this is what it matters the most. <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah. Well, last week we all thought the Raiders may have an Antonio Brown problem. Now the Raiders are hoping Antonio Brown will just be a problem for opponents going forward. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Uh, We're going to wrap our Raiders segment up discussing the defense. Now, James, we knew after preseason game number one, the Raiders defense looked much faster this year. And with more speed on the back end, of course, means not only coverage is better, but you can also get pressure on the quarterback. And last night, Paul Gunther, he dialed up a ton of blitzes and rattled Kyler Murray. Of course, again, it's just preseason. Kyler Murray, though, three of eight for just 12 yards. Mm, Once again... It's just preseason, okay? Cardinals offense, probably vanilla. Yep, not a lot of game planning. But James, how much of it was the pressure the Raiders brought and the coverage that they had, and how much of it was Kyler Murray struggling and maybe overthrowing his receivers? To be honest with you, I talked about this last night on TV. If you really watch Kyler Murray's game, mm-hmm. he he missed two throws. Okay. He missed he missed the inside fade ball to uh, Christian Kirk, and he missed when he was on the roll, rolling to his right, getting chased. He missed that ball to Larry Fitzgerald that he's usually very accurate. Other than that, it was third and 17. He rolled out. Uh, nobody was open, so he threw it out of bounds. A lot of people say, oh, he overthrew. No. Are you watching the game? It's third and 17. Let's not force nothing. But the reason why I'm saying that, because he had another play where he rolled and he threw it to Larry Fitzgerald. And everybody's like, dang, another overthrow. No, that is great coverage. Where is he going to put that ball? Mm. You got the safety running under Larry. You got the other safety on top of Larry. Like, it's nowhere for him to put that ball. 
They had great coverage on the receivers all night long. Even the inside fade that he missed to Christian Kurt, they jammed him off the line of scrimmage, so it kind of messed up the timing. And, yeah, he overthrew it, but they got after Christian Kurt at the line of scrimmage. So the Raiders secondary was much improved. But the reason why they must improve, you could tell they playing a lot faster. They starting to jump routes and stuff because they have a little pass rush that's getting there. Yes. A lot of these, a lot of these plays that Kyler Murray was throwing the ball, like I said, they was on the run. He's rolling out of the pocket. That's telling me some pressure is getting there. So as a defender, I could play a little bit more comfortable. And that's what they looked like last night. The pressure was getting there even without the blitz. Mm -hmm. They were in great coverage in the back end and forcing him to make some very tough throws. Well, what didn't help Kyler Murray or his stats was some of his receivers. I think they had a couple... PIs, offensive PI. So that no, I don't even, I don't even want to get on the PI yeah, situation. so that, so that didn't help out at all. It's gonna ruin our game. I know, I know. We don't have to get into that. So let's just talk about the Raiders. But once again, uh, James, preseason number two, we saw why rookie safety Jonathan Abram um, is special and why he was a first round pick. Ball hawk, you know, always around the ball, always around the play. But I don't want to talk about him, okay? Because we kind of talked about him last week. Who I want to talk about is. LaMarcus Joyner, Mm -hmm. because he really impressed me, and I think that he was the one defender who stood out. Um, And one of his big plays that he made was when he rushed from the slot and he sacked Kyler Murray, forcing a safety. Mm -hmm. James, obviously he's a veteran presence, uh, and he said – you know, he came to the Raiders because he wanted to help change the culture of the defense, kind of like how he did when he was with the Rams. So – what do you think he brings to this Raiders defense and something that maybe was missing in the past? I think he brings leadership. I think he knows how to win. He's He's been in an organization who knows how to win. Uh, I think he's the quarterback on the defense to be able to help these young fellas get into the right spots, to always be a voice in their ear, especially out there on the field. Off the field, I think he's going to come into play where he's helping these young fellas, young fellas watch this film, break down this film, how teams are trying to attack them. I think that's going to be a huge part. But what mm-hmm. I, but what I love from him last night, man, he plays the game fast. Like I tell my little flag football kids, play. <laughs> Played the game like your hair is on fire and the touchdown is a swimming pool. And if you don't get there, your whole head going to burn off. Like you got to play fast. You know what I'm saying? And if you watch, you watch him play, he was playing like his hair was on fire. You seen him. He was after receivers, running backs. Obviously he got the safety, but he was playing extremely fast, man. And that's what you want on defense. Fly around. If you fly around and you play, with your hair on fire, I promise you, you're going to be in the right position. That's what I tell my player. I'm laughing that you as a former professional football player uh, just made an example of what you tell your flag football players. 100%. These kids. Play with your hair <laughs> on fire, made- kid. On defense and everything. Okay? All you kids need to be around the ball. Play with your hair on fire. Go get him, Okay. Oh, if I made an example of like, hey, what I tell my rec league teammates, you'd be like, girl, if you don't shut up. And you should see my flag football team play, too. They'd be running. (laughs) They'd be playing fast out there, man. They playing. Well, what I think was funny, uh, I don't know if you saw, I I know you were working last night with the NFL Network, so you had to watch a bunch of games at the same time. So I'm not sure if you heard what Lisa Salters and LaMarcus Joyner were talking about, but she interviewed LaMarcus on the sideline during the game. Um, and it's pretty funny. He called Cliff Kingsbury's offense, uh, which obviously is a college-style offense, um, pretty boy football. I don't know if you heard that. Uh, he said, mm-hmm. it don't allow the defense to play physical like the game was meant to be. So, you know, when you go against offenses like that, you have to introduce that physicality uh, to them because they don't want to do that. And he said he wants to, quote, run that kind of offense out of the NFL. Mm. I thought that was pretty good. Now, for you, James, yeah. as a former receiver, what do you think when you hear that? Do you agree with him or disagree with him? I mean, I agree with him because he's on the defensive side of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mindset. That's the mindset you have to have, man. If you yeah. think you're going to spread us out and throw this ball all over the field, then, you know, you need to you need to try something else because we're going to be physical. and We're going to smash y'all up. But on the yeah. side note is I've been in that offense. 
I've been in that spread you out four wide receivers, three wide receivers, and come catch us if you can. And there ain't too many people that could come catch us. You know what I'm saying? So did they have a good night, the Raiders? Yes. They came after. They got after the little pretty boy offense. So that's how you <laughs> should feel. But I'm going to tell you something. A lot of these pretty boy offenses is here to stay. It's going to be hard <laughs> to run these pretty boy offenses out because they are causing problems for defenses. You know, did you guys come out and play well? Absolutely. Got after Kyler Murray in that in that offense. But you ain't running none of them out the league. But, yes, every time you take the field, if I'm a Raider, if I'm a Raider fan, Raider player, that's what we're trying to do. Run these boys up out of the league. But them offenses is here to stay. Uh, to wrap things up with the Raiders so far, so good for the silver and black. You know, they're 2-0 and in preseason play. Again, at the end of the day, it's just preseason. The only thing that matters is what they do on September 9th against the Broncos on Monday Night Football. Uh, now the Raiders, of course, will soon be off to Winnipeg for preseason game number three to face your Green Bay Packers, James. Yeah. So that's definitely going to be interesting and something that we will talk about next week. Now we're going to get to the Packers in just a moment. But before we get to that, we have to take a quick break. Stay where you are. All right, so in the Keeping It 300 intro, you heard me say, scare money don't make money, and I got scare money <laughs> because it's true. I really don't like to gamble. However, if I know that my chances are good, I'm in. And your chances are really good here, so listen up. Football season is here, which means it's time to start placing your NFL and college football bets. And Blue Wire is teaming up with sports information traders and the legend John Price, one of the world's most successful sports bettors, so that our listeners are given the chance to make more money on football this season. So go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue and get the college football and NFL futures plays and make up to 15 times your money for only a $99 investment. Now get this, last year sports information traders correctly predicted that the Clemson Tigers were going to win the college football championship. And guess what happened? They made one of their clients $110,000 alone. That's just one of their clients, one of many. Now, the year before that, Kurt Presley of Sports Information Traders made $1 million with a preseason wager on the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, a million dollars he won. Now, John Price and the Sports Information Traders team can guide you on the best ways to make money on futures bets and preseason football betting picks. You get all of that for just $99 and the opportunity to make 15 times your money. It's totally worth getting Sports Information Traders betting picks. Sports Information Traders has been featured in ESPN.com, Gambling911.com, Entrepreneur Magazine, and many more. Now, John Price has been successfully making money betting on sports for over 20 years. So why don't you get started now by going to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue. Again, make sure you go to sportsinformationtraders.com slash blue to have your chance at a 15-time return this football betting season. All right, we are back. Now, the Packers, they're 0-2 in preseason play, but Aaron Rodgers has not played a snap. He was scheduled to play last night um, against the Ravens, but he was scratched before game time due to back tightness. Now, LaFleur said it was just a precautionary measure to make sure Aaron is 100% uh, for week one. And when asked about Rodgers needing to play in preseason, LaFleur said, I don't think it's a necessity, but it's certainly something we'd like to see. Yeah. So, James, we have yet to see your boy Aaron run LaFleur's new offense. Uh, he did get some reps against the Texans, obviously, yeah. during their joint practices. Uh, he and LaFleur had mixed feelings about that. LaFleur said that the team did get a lot from that. Aaron Rodgers would disagree. With that said, is it important to get Aaron Rodgers out there for the preseason for at least a series or two? No. <laughs> Simple answer, <laughs> no. No. Uh, no, it's not. And the, and the main reason is the reason you just said. Now, if he didn't get kind of no live reps against other bodies, a different team, then I would say, yeah, he needs to get out there and play. But I've been I've played with Aaron Rodgers for eight seasons and I've been with him in seasons where he won the MVP and he comes out there for 
for one series in in preseason. Everybody could say, oh, well, that's one series. What is four plays really going to do for you? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not really going to do nothing for you, you know. So I don't need to see him out there just because he got those live reps with the Texans. But I would like to see him out there as a fan, you know, as a teammate of, of Aaron. I, I would want to see him out there to see how he does look running this offense in, in a live game. Just for me, though, just for the fans, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm sure the coaches will want to see him get out there and, and run a couple plays, too. He'll play. It's funny, too, because I was on the TV last night and everybody was saying he was playing. And then the last hour it changed. Aaron's not playing back tightness. So I texted him. I said, man, you getting old, dog. Back tightness? <laughs> and he texts back. He's like, yeah, we had a little bit of the chippy weather out there in Green Bay. So, my <laughs> so I'm like, man, you need to get out. But he was like, man, I'll be good. So, you know, that's good. So he, we should see him next week against the Raiders to get out there and play a snap or so and get in the rhythm of the, of the offense. He needs to do like yoga. Or something like that. Don't look too far into I'm it. A little back I'm I wait. I wake, I wake up every morning with back tightness. We just get. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be all right. He'll <laughs> be all right once this season gets to start. But no, I would like to see him out there against the Raiders. Play play a couple series. I mean, preseason. When we all think about it, it's just really to evaluate the roster and to cut down to fifty three guys. That's really what it is about. One hundred percent. Because really, if Derek Carr didn't play yesterday. Okay, so what? I mean, even if you think, even I think people were saying last year Derek Carr played like seven snaps. What what, what possibly could that do to help you? Nothing. Clearly, because he sucked last year. Like, like guys guys do not need preseason reps to be getting ready for the season. You practice, all that's built into the practice. A lot of these teams is doing those joint practices now, so you get the one-on-one work and all that stuff. So you really don't need to see nobody in preseason. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, so um, at least Derek did play, so we had something to talk about today. But uh, to wrap things up, obviously, as I mentioned, the Packers, they play the Ravens, and Lamar Action Jackson. Apparently, James, he solved our little goat debate yesterday. Mm. I really think he may have. Let's see. Let's take a listen to this. He solved your goat debate. I know who the goat is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I did after the game. I seen him, but it was pretty cool. I was like, "What's up, goat?" As soon as I seen him, you know, um, Aaron Rock. What's up, goat? Greatest of all time. You know, there's a lot of goats out here, but you know, it's it's Aaron Rodgers, so like, <laughs> I gotta show my respect. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty cool seeing him. Um, he was like, uh, he loved watching me play. Um, he was like, "Hope I have a great season." Get down. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I know where you're coming from. Like, yeah, I understand." I love that. So Lamar and Aaron Rodgers had a little moment after the game. Uh, and as you guys heard, he called Aaron the goat. But I think he just said that, James, to show respect, you know. So maybe yeah. he, he didn't really mean it because if he was playing the Patriots and yeah. he met Tom Brady, you know, on the field, he might have well, called him the goat. He would have said, what's up, goat? Well, I, I highly <laughs> doubt it because <laughs> if you really watch Lamar Jackson's game, it's it's more similar to Aaron. You know what I mean? Obviously, Aaron is not flying down the field. <laughs> Four Same. three or nothing like that. But he also is not like a five two like Tom Brady. I'm just he ain't jumping over nobody, making no runs. I ain't gonna go that far, you know, because then, then he'll just think he's this super athlete. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> you know, and then I have to hear that for the rest of my life. But no, listen, he's right. I've been telling y'all the whole time, man. Real, recognize real, man. He's he's seen to go. No, but what I what I want to say is I love Lamar Jackson because ever even since he came into the league, he always pays respect to the dudes that came before him. Mm-hmm, I love it. All always, man. Just a humble kid. Always pays respect to the guys that he's playing against, even the older quarterbacks and all that. And and I love that about him, man. It's not like I'm big time. I'm Lamar Jackson. I'm the star quarterback for the Ravens. I won the Heisman. I I'm this guy, he's a very humble kid. And you watch his interviews, man, that, that's huge. What I thought was cool, you know, is that Aaron said, you know, I love watching you play. Absolutely. Who doesn't? Exactly. <laughs> and, and then he said, you know, but, you know, slide a little bit, slide yeah. a little bit. Because we know he likes to make plays with his feet and he could make a lot of plays with his feet. But I listen, I listen to Aaron a lot. Lamar Jackson, do not listen to him. What? Do not slide. <laughs> You're crazy because he can get injured. Is- that is your game. That is his game. 
Lamar Jackson is built like a wide receiver at quarterback when he gets out and they're running. But you no. don't want his yes. career to only last like three years because he gets yes. injured from running. But obviously, if it's two linebackers running at you and they're in, yeah, get out. <laughs> but be smart. When basically. you take when you take off in that pocket, you think score. Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, uh, you know, you're not you different than these other quarterbacks when you start running the football. So think score. You know what I mean? Okay, so as far as the guys who actually did play for the Packers, though, uh, Darius Shepard, the rookie out of North Dakota State, he has been turning heads these past few weeks. Um, He once again showed out on special teams. He started the game with a great return. He caught a few passes, scored his second touchdown in two games. Now, the Packers, as you know, um, there's a logjam at receiver with Adams, Scantling, Allison, etc. But obviously, if you can play special teams, you know, that helps. Yeah. So, Shepard, is it impossible or possible for him to make the 53? Because I think he's showcasing why he should be on the 53-man roster for the Packers. It's, it's very possible. And I hope. Because I even, every time I talk to Devontae, I tell him, don't read your press clippings. Devontae, go out there, ball, do not read your press clippings tomorrow, all right? So I'm hoping, you said log jam, I'm hoping a lot of these little young receivers coming off of their first year last year ain't like, oh, yeah, I'm the guy, I'm starting, I'm going, your eyes will be open. You know what I'm saying? you got always got to continue to go out there and make plays. So, yes, hey, I think it's wide open for – Yes, that fourth, fifth receiver spot, that guy that's going to be, you know, on special teams and, you know, getting in there in the rotation at that fourth, fifth spot. But, yes, he definitely has an opportunity to make this ball club. I love seeing a kid from an FCS school or even like a Division three school or something make a squad. I yeah. just love stories like that. So good luck to Darius Shepard. I hope he does make the squad. That would be awesome. Something that we will definitely follow. So lastly, first-year head coach Matt LaFleur. Hasn't been too thrilled, James, uh, with what he has seen the last two preseason games mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball, really. Yeah. Uh, here's what he had to say after the game. You know, I thought the first drive started out good. We were aggressive on, uh, you know, on the fourth down. I, I thought we had an opportunity both on third and fourth down to, to move the chains, and, and we didn't do it. And the second drive ended in a field goal. So there was some, there was some good. I thought, uh, you know, if you want to score points in this game, it's in this league, it's about getting explosive plays, and that's where we're, we're struggling as an offense. I, I thought there's just way too many miss ops out there. Man, you mentioned last week too many missed tackles at first glance. What did you think tonight? I thought there was a lot of missed tackles out there. It's, it's not good enough. How do you remedy that? Yeah, we gotta we gotta do a better job in practice. Probably up the intensity level a little bit, a little more. Uh, you know, uh, really wrap up on thud. Um, so that's how that's how we're gonna go about it. Because of you, James, and because of this podcast, I have been listening to Matt LaFleur's press conferences the last few weeks, okay? And every time he talks about the lack of intensity and that his team does not have a sense of urgency on both sides of the ball. If you're not practicing or playing with high intensity, in my opinion, that's concerning to me. So whose fault is that? Is it the player's fault? Is it the coach's fault? How do you fix it? Coach. Oh, so you, it's the coach's fault. Straight to the coach. Okay. Before we started this podcast, you played a message from another coach, right? Sound like he was about business. <laughs> Sound like he was telling his team what he wanted. And if he didn't see it, he was going to make sure he got it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know? So, LaFleur, you got to make sure you get it. It's on you. The coach determines how practice is going to go. Yeah. The intensity level and things like that. You know what I mean? If we've been coming out here this whole time and we've been tagging off, you know, on the runner not wrapping up, I mean, that's what you're getting out there on the football field. You know what I mean? If you watch any of the Raiders stuff or Hard Knocks, they are wrapping up, coming down there, hitting. Mm-hmm. And when they get to the football field, what did they look like yesterday? Wrapping up, coming down there, hitting. So I'm not saying take nobody to the ground. Let's be professional. But, yes, intensity needs to go up. I was super excited to get a chance to see our big boys out there on the defense. Ooh. I was like this. We'd have paid a lot of money for this defense. Let's see this thing about to go down. And then I just see us going backwards. Mm. You know what I mean? We're not ready. 
You know what I mean? See, when I'm a head coach, I would have called a timeout right now, and I said, you mother better get this <laughs> right. First two plays, we pushed off the ball. Y'all, I waste all my timeouts in the first <laughs> quarter if y'all keep on playing like this. You know what I mean? Like, let's go, man. We got to tackle. We got to stop this run. That's where it starts. So, yes, let's get some drills. The players is probably going to hate it. Man, coach got us out here tackling because I would be one of them players saying the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's necessary, man. We That's the worst thing you want out of coming out of preseason. Yeah. Like, you – when you come out of preseason, it's, it's a couple things you're looking for. Do people know what they're doing on both sides of the balls? Do we not have a bunch of missed assignments? Plus, that's good. We know what we're doing. Are we playing fast? Is our intensity up? No. We're coming into games. We don't wake up till the third quarter. That kind of stuff carries over to season one, no matter who you have out there playing. I know Aaron hasn't been out there, but everybody else has. Yeah. So no matter who you have out there playing, if you're not out there playing with intensity and you starting to wake up in the third quarter, that type of stuff carries over. So we need to get that stuff out. We need to see some of this intensity amp up when we go out here and play the Raiders. I think that he needs to put his big boy pants on because I think that some of it may have to do with him being a little timid being a young coach and not trying to overstep some boundaries or trying to, you know, teeter that fine line. And then it could, yeah, not to cut you off, but it could even be, it could be one little thing like coach Mike used to do. We had a schedule Mm -hmm. only pads one day a week. You know what I mean? That was coach Mike's schedule. I want you to be fresh for the game. So if it was some games where he felt like we wasn't, our intensity wasn't up, we weren't tackling, we weren't blocking, we weren't blowing people off the ball. He'll put a pads on two days. Mm, Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then it'll kind of let the hand, like, why are we in pads again, man? Yeah. We supposed to be in pads yesterday. Well, you went out there, everybody got blown off the ball, receivers weren't blocking, nobody wanted to be, so we in pads again today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you let your team know, this is what I need. Yeah. I think he needs to just figure out his approach to his team as far as like just delivering his speeches because when it comes to the media, and that's all I've seen so far because there's no hard knocks around the Packers, is he's a very soft-spoken dude and reminds me, oh, Lord, I know, forgive me for this. Don't don't say it. Don't say it. A Dennis Allen. Have mercy. I know, but I'm just saying he reminds me of a young guy like this who's trying to play the part but maybe isn't the part and – the players know that he's not the part. I hope that that's not a Matt LaFleur is all I'm trying to say. I pray. That's all I'm saying. That you're wrong. I, 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 I'm I pray saying. that I'm wrong, too, for your I'm sake. I'm praying that you're wrong because that ain't, that ain't a good look. You ain't going to show up for the podcast if that's the case. So, <laughs> so I'm praying. I'm, I'm done talking once you brought up Dennis Allen. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. But uh, I know you want a Raiders-Packers Super Bowl. But is any part of you thinking now, okay, this is your number one in this system. Mm-hmm. Seeing what I've seen this offseason and this preseason so far, maybe it will take a year or two to put things together or compete for a title. Or are you like, nah, bro, you got Aaron Rodgers, so whenever you have Aaron Rodgers, you can compete regardless? No, no, no question. But to me, it's not even Aaron Rodgers. Like, even when I watch the defense, like, if we tackle, <laughs> it's three and out. You know what I'm saying? But if we don't tackle, is going to be last place in the North. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So they need to get it fixed because it's not like it was just, they were just running through gaping holes. No, it was people there in the hole and they were just Couldn't making a them miss, down. not tackling. We, we cannot do that. You know what I mean? We, we're a big boy defense. We got to get this thing rolling. So no, I'm still not going off of my thing. Aaron Rodgers going to get this thing cooking. They're going to get this thing rolling. The defense going to get it rolling. And they're going to be tackling, stopping people, and it's going to be Raiders, Packers, Super Bowl. (laughs) Okay. Well, we're going to see. But before the Raiders, Packers, Super Bowl, we're going to have Raiders, Packers in Winnipeg, Canada, for preseason game number three. So we will definitely talk about that next week. So until then, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Keeping It 300. I hope you enjoyed the show. For James, I'm Fallon. We out. Peace. Peace.